You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to a rather dejected and thoroughly shocked and surprised episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers fall in the first official game of the Archie Miller era, 90-69 to at home to Indiana State. This is a game that Indiana State took control of early and never relinquished it. In fact, Indiana State won every sequence in the first half i track each four minute sequence they won the first one 12 to 6 the next one 16 to 9 the next one 8 to 6 the next one 9 to 4 and the one after that 9 to 8 to lead 54 to 33 at halftime and it didn't get any better in the second half as they jumped out to a 13 to 6 run to start the second half put this one on ice and basically just thoroughly dominated indiana in this opener they looked like the superior team all night long and I'm not sure that I've ever been quite as surprised by the results of an athletic event as I won as I was by this. And I'm sure if I think back, I'll find others. But right now, just, you know, I think we all thought that Indiana State could come in here and give Indiana a good game and even be competitive down to the wire. But I think we kind of thought that was the worst case scenario. Well, obviously, we were wrong because what we saw tonight was the worst case scenario. And there is a lot to break down. And we will do that. All for you here on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris. I will be joined momentarily by Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. But let's start tonight's show as we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. Uh, and for tonight's banner moment, and look, you know, we started this a long time ago because we always wanted to have something positive to say at the beginning of even the worst shows. So that's why we do this, and it is it is here for this purpose tonight. So we will find a positive. And, and actually, you know, the positive for me isn't that hard because there was a sequence in the first half where I thought Deron Davis really kind of put on display all of the different elements of his game that, that we've kind of seen improve. And I thought he was one of the bright spots tonight. But it was 25 to 11. Archie took a timeout. Obviously, Indiana was already reeling at this point, and Duran went on a little personal 4-0 run where he basically just dominated the game. He got a really nice offensive rebound in a bucket, showed really nice patience on it. He had a block shot on a good defensive possession, then got another offensive rebound hustling to get back into a play, uh, and then had a nice little jump hook after that. And it was just a little personal 4-0 run. It was 25-15, to and really... It was about the last moment that Indiana had life because right after that, Indiana State would kind of jump right back up, back out. They hit a three. It went to 28-15. Not too long after that, Duran got his second foul the first half and sat out the whole rest of the half, and Indiana State extended their lead after that. So that was really kind of the last gasp for Indiana, and I thought it showed some of the good things that Duran brings to the table. Uh, and so that is tonight's Hoosier Proud banner moment on a, on a night when there just weren't very many banner moments, that is for sure. But our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Proud, an Indiana-based t-shirt and apparel company that is by Hoosiers for Hoosiers. And if you're wondering why, you should check out their website, HoosierProud.com. I'll give you a few reasons. Number one, uh, their philanthropy, I think, is really impressive. Hoosier Proud donates a portion of the revenue from their T-shirt sales to specific Indiana-based charities, and you can find out what those charities are at HoosierProud.com. And what's really exciting now, reason number two, is they have a whole lot of new designs. And so they obviously have now officially licensed Indiana designs, but they have designs for a lot of other schools as well. So if you're an Indiana State fan, kind of post-gaming and celebrating uh, watching this dejected Indiana post-game show, they have Indiana State t-shirts as well. So go to HoosierProud.com and check them out. They also have their really cool, unique Indiana uh, State-inspired designs, as well as our official assembly call gear. And the third reason to go is that right now for this weekend, they're doing a special kind of tip-off discount. And so actually for this weekend, don't use the promo code assembly like you normally do. Uh, use the promo code tipoff17 because you actually get 
25% off. It's one of the biggest discounts I've ever seen them uh, provide, and they're doing it in honor of you know all this new uh, all this new gear that they have. So go to HoosierProud.com, use the promo code TIPOFF17, get 25% off your entire order. Again, check them out at HoosierProud.com. All right, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. We will start with Andy Bottoms and his Bottoms line, which is brought to us by iutickets.shop, the URL to use when you want the best prices on IU basketball tickets. And Andy, I know you weren't able to see the first half. You sent Ryan and I a text message that basically said, what the hell is going on? Uh, I didn't really have the heart to tell you, but I was glad Ryan sent you a few texts to kind of fill you in. But uh, what's your Bottoms line on tonight's Indiana loss? Yeah, I was uh, I was coaching my daughter's team and I walked out and I was like, oh, let's check what's going on with the IU game. And I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? So that was uh, that was exciting. So I will choose to be excited about the fact that my uh, my six year old scored her first three baskets in the game tonight. And uh, so she was hey. pretty excited. So that was a uh, it was a good night for the uh, for the Bengals uh, that we that I, that I coached. So that was good. Um, then Can we just I linger should, on that for a while. I think that'll be a lot more pleasant than talking I, about this. I'm game. happy to give a full breakdown of the game if, if you'd prefer. Um, we're we're vastly undersized. Uh, I don't know how this other team had kids that were in first grade that were as tall as they were. But uh, no, I mean, for, from my perspective, I thought Max Bielfeld said something uh, in the second half that I I think he articulated a little bit better than I did. But he said that you know it looked like guys like Robert Johnson and Josh Newkirk were kind of going back into the shell of what they did last year, just falling back into old habits. And I, um, I forget exactly how he said it. He used some combination of those words. And boy, I, you know, that was the thing that stood out to me was this looks a whole lot like the team that we saw last year. They turned the ball over on twenty six percent of the possessions. They got into a stretch where they actually created some turnovers and started to come back. And just were so careless with the ball. You know, Devonte throws like a real lazy pass in the corner. Robert Johnson who takes it while an open three at that point, like go to the rim and, and and get a bucket. And then I think right after that, they got an offensive rebound and threw the ball away. And then Robert Johnson stepped on the sideline and, and did stuff like that. And it just was, I mean, it was like a replay in so many ways of that. And, and quite frankly, you just can't, you know, it, it's easy to, to talk about all the things that they do and it's easy to look at the exhibitions and things like that. But, you know, it's going to take a while, I think, for them to, you know, change what the default setting is for some of these guys, for lack of a better term. And I think, you know, when the bullets started flying out there, they just reverted back to what it seemed like were so many of the other things they were doing. And again, I only saw the second half. I definitely have some thoughts on on, on a few of the players uh, and, and just kind of the approach that they took. I don't want to step on what I know Ryan's going to cover in his rant, so I'll, I'll kind of end it there. But I think that was what I took away was, I think it's going to be longer than we think it. We probably thought initially to break these guys out of uh, the habits that they have. And the reality is that some of these guys, you know, that's that's the hard part about a veteran lineup. You got a lot of seniors, but you got a lot of guys that if they got bad habits, they've been building bad habits for a long time. And uh, and I think we saw tonight just how difficult it might be to break them out of some of that. And um, so maybe some of the good things from young guys are, are signs of things to come. Uh, from that perspective. But uh, yeah, definitely disappointing on, on pretty much every level to see them revert back to that. But uh, again, a good night for the uh, good night for the six year old or the first grade uh, Bengals in, in Cincinnati. So it was a uh, solid night for everybody. Nearly everyone scored. I emptied the bench. It was amazing. So we'll uh, if we ever if you need like a pick me up, I'm happy to just interject positive <laughs> thoughts from that game. So you just, you know, just give me like a safe word and then I can just yell out something really good about something somebody did. Yeah, to your point about Robert Johnson, played 18 minutes in the second half, had zero points, one assist, and two turnovers. Just was not able to step up as you need a leader to step up in a moment like that. All right, let's go over to Ryan and get his rant. Certainly plenty to choose from, and Ryan's rant brought to us by TheBigLead.com. Yeah, what I'm going to say is uh, these guys, these veteran guys, um, I, what I noticed from Indiana, and I tweeted this early, is that they look like they had heavy legs early. They looked tired. They looked worn out, and, and I think that maybe it was adrenaline hit early, and then they never... You know, and that once that adrenaline goes away, and usually that happens with the underdog who comes in somewhere, the adrenaline hits, they play great, and then as that kind of tapers off and they come back down to reality, things get, you know, thing, you know, things even out. Uh, Indiana was that team tonight, and I, not that they played well early, but I think that for some reason they just looked dead. And I know the crowd was dead. I know there wasn't a lot of people there, but that's not an excuse. If you're a senior on this team, if you're if you're Johnson, if you're Newkirk, if you're a veteran like Jawan Morgan, um you've got to be better than that. I'm sorry. You just you have to be better than that early. I mean, I know Jawan Morgan picked it up in the second half and and certainly finished much stronger. Um but you've got to get to the point. You've got to be the guys that 
picked the team up and it seemed like they were just gliding through the game. I mean, the, the physical effort was there from some of these guys, but the mental effort was not. And it absolutely wasn't from the jump. And you know what I do if I'm Archie Miller? I tell them, look, I'm building a program here. I don't have to play you guys. You're seniors. You're done. You can't help me next year. If you're not going to give me the effort I need, I'm putting Al Durham out there. I'm putting, you know, Curtis Jones out there. I'm putting Devontae Green out there, though he struggled tonight as well. You know, but I'm I'm telling them, look, guys, you're the seniors. You're sp we we play you not because you're valuable to me in two years when I might be able to put something, you know, put a great thing together here. You're valuable to me because you're leaders and we can count on you. And if we can't count on that effort and we can't count on you, then why am I even playing you? So I would start the Howard game with Al Durham starting. I would put Curtis Jones in there. I would put if Colin Hartman can be back. I don't know. He tweaked his groin. Hopefully it was his own. Um, I, I, I would, I would like to see him start. I'd like to see Freddie McSwain. Speaking of default setting, Ryan goes straight to the groin joke. Right. Yeah. He's been holding uh, that since pregame. <laughs> Freddie McSwain. Wait, holy what? Okay. Actually, a friend texted it to me like five minutes ago. Uh, Freddie McSwain is it, it had more effort than than anybody uh, any of the other guys tonight. I mean, I like Deron Davis. Maybe stick him in there. But you know, honestly, why are what what incentive does he have? Does does Archie Miller have to play the older guys if they're not going to give the effort and and they're not going to be the guys you can rely on to not turn the ball over, to not take bad shots, to not close out to threes? He has no incentive, and so he should just tell them, look. Be straight with them. Look, I'm building a program. I'm not getting fired this year. I'm going to be around for a while. And you know what? You're not. And if you don't play to the level that I need you to play at, what incentive do I have to play you? And they got to be real with it. I mean, you know, India. all credit to Indiana State. They played out of their minds tonight. And, and the three-point shooting and everything was unbelievable. I'm sure we'll get into that. But at the same time, even I can deal with Indiana losing. Okay, and especially losing when you've got new systems in place and it's going to take a while and guys are uncomfortable in their roles. I cannot take Indiana losing when there's a lack of mental effort from your veteran players. That's not acceptable. And, and it's not, it certainly should not be acceptable to Archie Miller. And I know it isn't. And I know that's what he's telling him in the locker room right now. It looked like his head was going to explode sitting over there on the sidelines. I mean, I oh yeah, no, I thought it was going to. I thought we we're going to have to do another coaching search. God. Yeah, that shot of him at the end of the game when they're like Archie Miller doesn't look happy, and I looked over, I was like, holy moly! Yeah. Apparently, he pounded He's the just table staring times. daggers through anybody. I was like, uh, this is. I mean, but I I totally agree. I think you're going to see wholesale changes in the starting lineup. And rightfully so. I, I would be stunned well, if Al Durham didn't start. I mean, Robert Johnson's wearing the gold jersey and played 36 minutes tonight. So, you know, I mean. Well, and, and then he had. And, you know, and he wasn't the, even close to. He wasn't one of our five best players. I will tell well, you that. Some right. of the, and some of the press conference stuff is coming out. And they said, somebody said Johnson called it eye-opening how hard they'd have to work. I mean, are you kidding me? You got your brains beat in over the course of the end of last season by anybody who came onto the court with you. Like you've been there for four years. This can't be eye-opening. You shouldn't have to have somebody come out and smack you in the mouth. Like that to me is, I know it's one of those probably like cliche type things that maybe you just say, but man, that's a terrible thing to hear. Man, I can't believe this is the conversation that we're having after Archie Miller. I know. I, 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 let, let's, let's go back to our maximum. Let's go back to our maximum. Let's not overreact to press conference quotes. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. All right, you're let's listening. Remember, we can't do that. We, uh, we got a loss. That's so my default setting. I'll do whatever I want. I would wait for the Korean presser comments to come out, and then I would freak out about it. So I can't look. You make groin jokes. I react overreact to press conferences. <sighs> Jared's going to be wildly optimistic and say, I use not going to lose a game the rest of the season. I, I think no, everybody, I can't, I can't do that after what I just saw. All right. You're listening to the assembly call. IU post game show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Andy bottoms. We are breaking down Indiana's shocking and disappointing 90 to 69 loss to Indiana state. So let's, let's talk a little bit about Wait, the guys. Can, can we make a deal after, after, okay. When the buzzer sounds on this post game show, can we never talk about this game again, please? Like never, ever, ever. I'm fine. I, I would, I'm fine with that. I'm fine. With that. I would really like that. Just FYI. Okay. Well, let, let's talk about the defense because, you know, all we've heard about all offseason is, you know, the defense is going to be better. We saw signs of it, you know, getting better in the exhibition games. It was a little better in the Marion game than it was in the, the Indianapolis game. Obviously, you know, those two teams are not nearly as good as Indiana State. And what we saw tonight was 
I mean, in some ways, worse defense even that we saw at times last year. I mean, Indiana State uh, scores at a clip of 1.28 points per possession. Uh, and obviously, you know, we have to give them, Ryan, and you mentioned this, credit for just being incredible shot makers tonight. And, I, you know, look, when you let guys get comfortable making some shots and they start to build confidence, it can really snowball. And that's what we saw. And Indiana right, State was 17 for 26 from downtown. I think at one point they were 17 for 22. and 77%. So, yes. And, and look, part of it is... Indiana State made some just really tough shots, and especially early. Indiana was playing some pretty good defense. They made some tough shots. You know, there was one hook shot that the big man made from like 15 feet out. I couldn't even believe he shot it, and it went in. Some of the threes at the end of the, you know, the shot clock. But then, you know, you, you look at the defense, and the first thing that happens in the second half is Josh Newkirk just completely leaves Barnes, and he gets basically an open three. And so, yes, you can chalk some of it up to incredible shot making. But if Indiana State doesn't shoot just lights out, what do they win by 11, 12 points? And is that really acceptable either? So that was part of it. But them just going nuts is not the reason why Indiana lost. And even if you want to give kind of a charitable explanation and say, wow, you know, all those shots went in early when Indiana was playing a little bit better defense and that just, you know, kind of frazzled the guys. Well, if we're that mentally weak that a team comes into our house and makes a few shots and that kind of gets us out of our game, then maybe we have deeper problems than I even thought. So any way you slice it, it is not good. Uh, and, you know, look, that's why Indiana lost by the score they lost by tonight. Look, I got to jump in. The, the one thing you have to say early, especially, is some of those threes were demoralizing. I mean, they were demoralizing to me as a fan. I can't imagine what they were to this because you play yeah, good defense. Forget about it. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I mean, would you let me finish, Morris? God, I, some of them were demoralizing. And it's, you know, if you're, if you guard a guy really well and he hits a three, and there's nothing you can do about that. I mean, if you put a hand on a guy's face and he hits a three, there's legitimately nothing you can do. Um, yes, and some of the threes early were like that. I'll give you and, that. And again, it demoralizes you. But what I was going to say before I was so rudely interrupted was you cannot let that defeat you. You cannot let that. Like, I get it. A possession or two, you're just down. But you got to pick yourself back up, especially if you're a senior or a veteran. Or if you're a senior or a veteran, you got to pick the guy up who was guarding the guy that hit the three if it wasn't you. You know, I mean... That's the thing, and you just saw Indiana get slowly and slowly more demoralized defensively as the first half went on. Now I realize Indiana State shot the lights out. It seemed to be there because there was nothing they could do unless somebody ran on with a chair and hit the, hit the guy over the head with it. Um, you know They weren't going to stop them from making those threes, but still you've got to play with some effort and intensity, and, and it just slowly melted away. Um, the numbers are... Uh, pretty bad uh if you look at it 17 to 26 as you said 17 to 22 at one point until they cleared the bench uh from three indiana went four of 18 from three the difference from three point was 39 points indiana was minus 39 from the three-point line that you're, ne you're never going to win like that and 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 yes some of that was just them making ridiculous shots i actually thought the closeouts for the most part weren't that bad but it got to the point where indiana let them get in a rhythm and 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 didn't you know they had a couple where they fouled on on threes to get a four point play. Luckily, Archie pulled the guy. I think it was New I, I Newkirk. It was, it was Newkirk. Newkirk. Yeah, yanked him from the game. Um, you know, so I, the shooting was insane. And there's sometimes there's very little you can do. But the thing is, is that the rest of the way they played showed that they let themselves be demoralized. If you lose to Indiana State because they hit 17 threes, I can deal with that. Again, I can deal with a team losing because they outshot you and they just were unconscious. That happens in basketball, and sometimes you chalk it up to that was just bas that's just basketball. But you know what? I can't deal with getting demoralized for the entire game, getting down, and then not putting in the effort to counter that. Yeah, just getting totally browbeaten. I mean, yeah, I mean, and just and just walking around with slow it was shrugged shoulders. I mean, how many games if you're Robert Johnson or Josh Nuker, how many games do you have left in Assembly Hall? And you're going to let that one, you know, that be your effort in one of them. I mean, it's counting down. It's you can tick that one off. You only have a few more games left in your career at Assembly Hall, one of the greatest places to play basketball ever. And that was your effort. I mean, that that upsets me more than anything. All right, coming up on the assembly call, I will point out tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed. We will go inside the numbers because there are other numbers that we need to talk about and just generally keep breaking down uh, this demoralizing loss to Indiana State. That is next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us.
Hey, just a real quick note here. The next time that you are going to shop online for IU gear, use the URL iustore.shop. That will take you to the official IU online store where they have anything you could possibly want. Candy stripe pants, the script Indiana warm-up shirt, all kinds of IU gear. And that URL, iustore.shop, is actually our affiliate URL. So when you use it and buy something, we get paid a commission. So it's a great way for you to shop for the IU gear that you need and to support the assembly call at the same time. Again, the URL is iustore.shop. Please bookmark it and use it the next time you're looking to buy IU gear. We appreciate it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's 90-69 to loss to Indiana State. And it is time for tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed, which is delivered by iustore.shop, the URL to use when you need to shop online for IU gear. And, you know, look, for tonight's meaningful moment, I'm going all the way back to the very first possession of the game because it was unfortunately – a harbinger of all that was to come. And if you think back to Indiana's first offensive possession, do you remember what happened? It was a really bad turnover by Devontae Green. He basically just drove down to the baseline, made a really bad pass across the court under the basket. The kind of pass that we saw a lot last year, haven't seen a lot in the exhibition, you know, didn't see a lot in the exhibition season. And I figured, you know, okay, you know, bad pass. It's early. He's just trying to make a play. You know, obviously, Indiana's, you know, getting better at turnovers. We won't see more of that. Well, unfortunately, we did. And Indiana finished the game with 19 turnovers, a turnover percentage of 27.5%, at least according to the box score that I am looking at. Uh, Devontae had a couple. Robert Johnson actually led the team with four turnovers, uh, but up and down. And even, you know, the big guys who, you know, were the bright spots. I don't know that you could really say Deron Davis and Juwan Morgan played well. They just kind of played the best on a team of guys that didn't play very well, but they both had three turnovers. Uh, and so that is really, you know, one of the other big storylines coming out of tonight, guys, is that, you know, look, we thought the defense was going to be better. Obviously, didn't show a whole lot of signs of being better tonight. Well, okay, maybe Indiana can compensate by taking care of the ball better. That didn't happen either. And the gains that it looked like we made in the exhibition season, we gave a lot of those right back. And I think it goes back, Andy, to something that you said, which is, you know, when the bullets really started flying and things got tough, guys reverted back to bad habits and you know I thought that happened with Robert and Josh and I thought you know we saw from Devonte you know it, it kind of indicative of that first play him just trying to be a little too fancy and there was a moment in the second half you know where he made two you know straight passes you know one that I think should have been intercepted and Indiana ended up getting the ball back and he kind of made another you know too fancy pass and it didn't connect and you could see Archie just visibly frustrated on the sidelines talking to him like just make the easy play and so I, I think this, again, shows, like you said, Andy, you know, it may take longer than we thought, longer than we hoped for some of the bad habits that the team played with all year last year to be fixed. They're not magically going to be fixed in one game, apparently. And I thought the first play was very indicative of that tonight. Yeah, it's funny, um, you know, speaking of things that sound familiar, just kind of looking through some of the press conference quotes, he, you know, he talked about they're having trouble translating what they're doing in practice to the games. I'm like, man, how many times did we hear that? But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I truly think that that's what it is. You know, he came out and, um, you know, I, I think kind of what everybody would expect from him at this point is how the press conference has gone. I mean, he said that we're a soft team right now. There's no reason to sugarcoat it. Um, you know, he's not making excuses. He's taking accountability for it. I think it's, uh, you know, I think somebody said, you know, not a lot of coach speak going on. Um, and, and he seems to be pretty pretty straight to the straight to the point they said it, it starts with me i have to do a better job i have to get these guys more confidence in what they're doing yeah none of that said, is uh, none of that is is surprising from what we've gotten to know from archie miller the past few months though at all yeah mm -hmm. nope, definitely not which i think is kind of what this team needs i mean i don't think they need to be coddled at this point to you know to 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 you know try to make them feel like there's any other thing any other thing going on than, than what he's saying so it's uh it's interesting, but yeah, it was, it definitely felt like, I mean, like I said, again, that second half and it sounds like from the first half was just so many of the same bad habits that were, uh, that have been there, been there for a while and they got to break them from it or find some, find somebody who's not going to make those mistakes and hasn't, you, you know, kind of made that part of their DNA, I guess. 
All right. So, you know, we've been we've been kind of wallowing here and that's what most of tonight is going to be. But let, let's try and find a positive real quick. Let's try and, you know, pump this up just a little bit. I do want to point out one other moment that I was at least impressed by. And it was in the second half when, you know, the game certainly seemed out of reach. But I liked some of the fight that I saw out of Al Durham. Uh, you know, he had a nice little sequence where he drove into the lane, found Newkirk for a three. Uh, and then on the very next possession, drove in, got fouled, scored, you know, kind of showed showed a little bit of emotion that we didn't really see from anybody else. And again, you know, now the more that we see Al play, I think we're starting to see why Archie Miller has been high on him, his ability to get to the basket. Uh, he certainly, you know, tries out there on defense. I mean, obviously he's a freshman, you know, not only adjusting to major college basketball, but also trying to learn Archie's system. But I liked what I saw from him in the minutes that he played tonight. And certainly he didn't do anything to suggest that he shouldn't get more time. Um, so I'm going to point out that positive from Al. Uh, Ryan, do you have any other positives that you want to point out from tonight before we go back to breaking down the other negatives? Yeah, I thought the young guys were energetic. I, I thought that, that that was the thing is that they looked like they were fresh and enter, you know, energized and the other guys looked tired. Um, you know, I, I don't know what was going on there, um, but I thought you're right. Al Durham had fire in his belly, man, and that was great to see because it didn't look like anybody else did. Um you know, at that point, honestly, I think that just because I thought Freddie McSwain played with some fire too, um, I just yep. feel like he, you know, he maybe is still trying to figure out what his fit is, uh, that that he's questioning a little bit on offense. But um, I thought that Justin Smith in the limited minutes he played showed some fire. I thought Curtis Jones, and this shocked me, I thought Curtis Jones looked like a confident player and looked like he was like, all right, guys, I got this. When he was in there, I mean, he missed some shots. He was two of five from three. Uh, one or two of those was, you know, he probably shouldn't have taken them, but nobody else was doing anything. But it, he he looked like a confident kid who come in. And I'll tell you what well, about Al. Let, let, let me jump in real quick, because to play devil's advocate, I thought he took a couple of shots in the first half when the game was still in balance, and he did not look confident. In the second half, when Indiana was down 20 and it kind of felt like the game was out of hand, he played with a little more confidence. So I, I, I agree in the second half he did that, but I think we, he's got to translate that to when sure. the game is is still and in again, doubt. again, first game, that could also just be first game jitters too for the year, which everybody gets. Seniors get first game jitters. So I, I'm not I'm not ready to dump on him for the first half, I guess, is why, is why I'm positive on him. Um, yeah. But Al Durham, man, I'll tell you something about that kid. That kid is so confident and he has got so much swagger. It is, I love it. I, I, you know, I was questioning him as a recruit and, and, you know, people, it felt like he had just such a chip on his shoulder during his recruitment. And that's why I started to like him because people would ask about his shot and he'd be like, I don't need to change my shot. It's fine. You know, and things like that. And he just has so much self-confidence. I love it. I want to see him start Sunday night. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm on, I'm on the Al Durham train for, you don't for need right to apologize. We're, we're pro Al Durham here. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, that kid plays with a confidence and a swagger that we didn't see out of anybody else tonight. And, and even Deron Davis, who I thought had a decent game at times, didn't play with swagger, you know, and I think he's still got to get there. I, I didn't think he would. Devonte green usually has some of that swagger and I I'll give Devonte credit for, for getting three steals and playing some pressure defense, but that was the only positives I, I saw out of him tonight. Um, I just thought he was all over the place and not focused. And that's that's a guy I've talked up and I was I was unimpressed. So uh yeah, we'll see, man. I I, I liked what I saw from Al Durham and Curtis Jones, though. And 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 I think and Freddie McSwain too. I thought the effort was there from those guys. Yeah, you pretty much know what you're gonna get from Freddie, which is comforting. Yeah, and, and he's tough too. He's a tough guy and he's athletic and and you know he's just going to do what what he can do, and and it, it may not be perfect for his position, but he's going to do what he does, and you're going to have to rely on that. See, very indicative. This it, is kind of a microcosm of the game, Andy. You're falling into bad habits here. You should have jumped in and interrupted us there and gotten your point in. On I was that. totally don't, fine. Getting don't interrupted. fall into bad habits. No, it's all right. Ryan got his feelings hurt when you interrupted him before, so I didn't want to. It's fragile. So this is a, this is a soft show. This is a yeah, soft show. Absolutely. Right now. We know. You guys I thought. Are soft. You guys are soft. I'm hitting. I'm draining deep threes here. You guys are oh soft. My God. Uh, no, I I thought. I mean, Al was to me was the biggest bright spot by a fairly wide margin in the part that I watched. I mean, he just, you know, that sequence that you talked about was good. I thought he really got into some people defensively. Again, they might have made a shot over him, you know, one time or two, but um, I think you can see how disruptive he can really be at the point of attack if if he's out there. And I thought he really played like he gave a damn when I'm not sure that anybody else really felt like they come back in the game. Like when he made that 
you know, when he made that driving layup and got fouled and, you know, was kind of getting excited and yelling, I'm not sure that anybody outside of him, like really felt like, Hey, this could be a, you know, real like tipping point in the game. So I thought he, um, I thought he continued to play really well. I do think his, his shot is continues to be a little concerning to me uh, while it may not be concerning to him, but I, I thought at least from a defensive standpoint and, um, you know, I thought he really made plays for other guys initially. And then while he did get those couple of drives to the basket, I thought he, uh, he did a good job setting up other people. So, um, you know, he seems like a guy, if that chip on his shoulder is true and, um, looking at, you know, point guard recruits and, um, you know, talking about who the, you know, the starting point guard is going to be after this year and all that kind of stuff. You know, I think he's, he's clearly throwing his, uh, throwing his hat in the ring for that. I thought he was, um, the biggest bright spot for me tonight. And like I said, I would be stunned if he didn't start on Sunday. You're listening to the assembly call. IU post game show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy bottoms and Ryan Phillips breaking down Indiana's 90 to 69 loss to Indiana state guys. Let's go inside the numbers. And you know, one number that, that jumps out to me in a positive way, Andy, you and I spent a lot of time during the off season talking about free throw rate and the importance of, of free throw rate and how, you know, Archie's teams at Dayton were very proficient at getting to the free throw line. And tonight, Indiana shot 33 free throws. Now, only made 23 of them. You would like to see the percentage be a little bit better. But, you know, on a night when not a lot was working on offense, and certainly the three-point shooting wasn't because Indiana was four for 18, it was at least nice to see Indiana be able to manufacture some offense getting to the free throw line. And it wasn't just, you know, one or two guys. This wasn't a, you know, Greg Graham going 26 to 28 from the free throw line. You know, you had, I'm looking at it right now, seven guys that shot at least four free throws. So, you know, it, it kind of showed that it's a part of what Indiana's trying to do. And, and look, this was a night when Indiana really struggled in the half court, you know, when they weren't able to kind of get the ball on the run and get moving, the offense really struggled, except for a few possessions where, you know, they got it into Duran. You know, Jerron Morgan had a couple of nice isolations. And then when a guard like Al Durham was able to take it in, you know, get fouled and get to the free throw line. So, Again, not a lot was working tonight, but I did. I was at least encouraged to see how often Indiana got to the free throw line because for a team that apparently may struggle shooting threes, especially when Colin Hartman is out, they're going to have to manufacture some points and doing it at the free throw line may be the way to do it. Well, yeah, I, I would say that in conjunction with one of the other things that I that I saw on the positive side. Well, I don't know. You could probably take this as a negative. I mean, IU shot 63% on two-pointers. Um, they were 17 to 27 on twos. There was just four of 18 from three and they got to the line a ton. So kind of begs the question of why take 18 threes? If you're one, not shooting threes. Well, I think they're one they of 10 at halftime, I, I guess, but started launching in the first half that started happening in the first half. Yeah. They started just launching because they yeah. were down and they were trying to counter and that's being stupid. And that's, that's a low basketball IQ right there. I mean, I think that in some ways, as you know, Archie's saying, we're kind of a soft team mentally. I think he talked about, you know, that being more mental than physical. It was like, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to show them. I'm going to outshoot them. Like, that's not how you were going to be able to do anything. And even and taking them quick, too. Yeah, they got in a bonus pretty quick. You know, Duran, they were, he was getting fouled almost every time he touched the ball. And then I think after they called that stupid um, offensive foul call on him, I don't know that he really touched the ball a whole lot in there. And it was at least some opportunity to try to get you know, get somebody off the floor. They got Barnes in foul trouble a little bit, weren't really able to take advantage uh, of some of those kinds of things. So I think it's a positive in the sense that they got to the line a lot. They shot well from two-point range when they got the ball inside. They just didn't do it enough and settled too often, which, again, is another thing that we saw um, last year. If you want to look at bad stats, you can look at the uh, opponent points off for turnovers if you want to slide right over to that. I'd like to that not do that. Terrific. Well, no, I, you know, I will say this. If you look down the list, if you l take the shooting numbers out of it and look down the list, and it, I mean, it looks like a bad game, but not a blowout. And then you look at the shooting numbers on top of it, you're like, oh, God. Like, it's, I mean, everything's pretty close. Steals, assists, bench points. IU had 24 to 13 for Indiana State. Something that we didn't get a lot of last year and really need this year are bench points. So 24 off the bench. But then you look at rebounds. They got out-rebounded 27-25. Um, but still, that's close. Points off of turnovers, 34 to 11. Turnovers, 19 each. I mean, you're right, Jared. They're just It looked a lot like a game last, like guys playing in that system from last year, but they weren't playing in that system from last year. Yeah. All right, coming up on the assembly call, we continue our breakdown of Indiana's loss to Indiana State. Do we uh, have to? Yes, we do. And I want to talk a little bit about Colin Hartman uh, here coming up. Uh, that's next here on the Assembly Call.
You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game and every Thursday night on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. You can also view all of our live broadcasts right on our homepage at assemblycall.com. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's loss to Indiana State. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe we should have seen something, you know, sensed something bad was coming when, or, or at least I should have sensed it when, you know, I hop on Twitter, hadn't, hadn't really checked everything for most of the day, or at least for a few hours, hop on Twitter, and I see the news that Colin Hartman's out with a groin injury, that, you know, that he's not warming up. Archie said that he tweaked his groin, you know, in the pregame show. And when you just think back to the 2016 team, and then, or the 2015 team, last year's team, and now this, I'm really starting to wonder if this program is capable of functioning with Colin Hartman off the court. Because apparently everything just falls apart without Colin Hartman. We didn't have him last year. Obviously, we remember remembered you know what happened there. And you know, look, does he make enough of a difference to make up 21 points? You know, surely not. I don't think Indiana wins this game with Colin Hartman. But you certainly wonder if having him on the floor maybe would help the mental toughness a little bit early and help some of those things. So all I can say is, Colin, get well get well soon. It sounds like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks, you know, which means Indiana's probably going to have to play at Seton Hall without him. Uh, and so certainly if some other guys don't make really big strides in their ability to lead and to provide mental toughness for a team that really needs it while they're also trying to transition into the new system, you know, I mean, Indiana certainly should beat Howard, but then it really starts to become difficult, you know, with some of these games coming up. So, you know, uh, Look, again, I don't think it makes a difference in winning or losing tonight, but I think it does show just how important he is to not not just this program, but certainly this team in particular. I mean, I think you're right in some ways, but man, to to feel as though that they can be that reliant, that one guy is that much of it, tips the scales that much is, you know, again, I guess probably soft comment that Archie made, but I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but that's a pretty... Uh, I mean, Archie, pretty alarming, that's a pretty alarming commentary on on where well, things are right now, if that's true. If you read between the lines of Archie's comments, especially when he's talked about leadership, he talks about Hartman and how he's basically a coach on the floor. And then it's always about needing more out of a guy like Robert Johnson or needing more out of Jawan Morgan. He hasn't you know, even really mentioned a guy like Newkirk when it comes to leadership. But I've kind of gotten that sense from Archie that, you know, basically Colin's been providing that leadership and he can't get it from anybody else. And look, you watched this team last year, that shouldn't really surprise you. These are still the same guys, uh, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's definitely concerning, especially since, you know, obviously we know Collins had a hard time, you know, staying on the court. And hopefully this groin injury is just a short-term thing and he can get back out there. But it really seems like Indiana is going to need him in a big way this year. So, you know, anyway, just a, a shout-out to him and hopefully he gets well soon and is back in this thing. All right, where do we go from here? Um, because to the bar well you know i i spent there was a there was a funny line from our buddy galen from crimson cast at the end of the first half he basically said the only the only positive thing about the first half was watching the halftime show and seeing how i would try and spin this into a positive uh and i just there aren't many ways to spin this into a positive because the one thing that you might be able to say after a game like this is okay you know you take this loss early in the season it's your first game you know, your big bad Indiana, right? Well, maybe this humbles you and now the coach really has your attention. But I mean, a lot of these guys played on the team last year. That should have been humbling enough. So even trying to say that is just extremely concerning that this is the place where the team is at right now. Uh, so obviously, look, the team plays Sunday. It's a quick turnaround against Howard. Maybe that's a good thing that they can get back on the court you know, this is the worst opponent they're going to be playing. Hopefully build some confidence, you know, work on some things to try and build something they can have confidence in. Because it you know, sounds like from Archie's comments in the press conference that it's about, you know, having confidence in, in their new system and in what they're doing. Um, and so hopefully that is at least just a bonus of how this schedule kind of plays out. But, you know, outside of that, I mean, this is this was just it was a really lost opportunity, obviously, to get off on the right foot and credit Indiana State because they came in and took advantage of a team that wasn't ready to play. And obviously they were. Go ahead, Ryan. I've got a I've got a positive. We never have to do that game again. We never have to play that game again. We don't have to do uh, uh, we don't have to play a game where those guys are in that situation. Yeah, but, but see, but here, but here's the fear, because I think we kind of felt 
you know, last year ended and now we've got Archie Miller. We don't have to do that post game show again, but we're kind of here again talking about a team that didn't defend well, that had turnover issues, leadership problems. I mean, and maybe that shouldn't be as shocking as it is. Maybe we overestimated how quickly this whole thing would be turned around. But yeah, so I think that's a big personnel. part of it. I mean, I that's, think that's a big and, part of it. And, and, and look, I, I think that Archie having such a great offseason and being so impressive sort of inflated expectations. Um, do I think this team can turn around and be an NCAA tournament team? Absolutely. I think it's going to take time before they're where they need to be, certainly. Um, I've been saying mid-December, late December for yeah. you know for how to, how to judge this team. I think it's going to take time. Now, do I think that tonight it keeps me that confident? Of course not, no. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, there are things that we knew would have to be worked out and worked on and that were going to take time. And and I think that I'm still where I was before this game, though I'm slightly more embarrassed because of what happened and how it happened. I also don't think that this is going to happen again with these guys. And if it does, they're not going to be in the starting lineup and they're not going to be playing anymore because Archie's not going to take that. And Archie's yeah. not going to be okay with that. And, and, and so just given his personality, if, the guys who are in place who did not give the effort needed aren't accountable and, and don't change and don't get better and don't improve and, and don't turn it around. They're not going to be trotting out there every game in the starting lineup. I guarantee that. And, and so I'm fine. Like I'm, I'm not, I, I'm upset that I had to watch that abomination. It's Friday. I want to do something else. But at the same time, I know that things are going to get better one way or the other, either with those guys or without them. They're going to, things are going to change and continue to get better and, and there will be work done. Um, so, I mean, it's for me, I'm just sitting here. All right, they lost. Uh, let's see how they do next. Let's see what they do next and, and what Archie does to fix it because I know he will. I mean, it, yeah. it's those people who've said Archie Mueller will not fail in Indiana. And I agree with them. And whether it's with these guys or not, he's going to succeed. And maybe that's the maybe that's the one positive that you can kind of take out of the aftermath of this game, seeing just what he said in the press conference, dealing with it, you know, feeling I know I feel a certain confidence level that this is going to be the lowest moment of the season. I really feel like this would be not that we won't lose again and we may, you know, a better team may beat us by more. That's possible. But I can't imagine feeling quite as dejected after a loss as this when you it know felt, it felt like it felt helpless. This game, you yes, felt it did. It felt it felt helpless and listless and all of those things. And this is where Andy Bottoms just kind of holds his follow through on uh, not having Indiana in his preseason bracketology. I take no pleasure in, in in that, and it doesn't. I mean, yeah, this doesn't mean like anything right at all. Yeah, no. There's plenty of yeah. There's there's plenty of time for for that to change, and I think. I mean, who knows? Indiana State could end up being a lot better than people thought in the Missouri Valley. Who who knows? I mean, certainly if they shoot like this, they they'll uh, they'll win it handily. But um, yeah. you know, I think from my perspective, I mean, one of the things. <laughs> This is this is a little bit like what Ryan said earlier, which I, I almost jumped in and joked on him about like, well, if it wasn't for sh if if shooting the ball didn't matter, we would have played great. Um, well, that's so clearly gonna, not what I meant, but fine. <clears throat> well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something similar, so don't worry. Um, you know, in the second half, I mean, IU was seven of nine on two point shots, and and even shot a little bit better from three, um, and got to the line twenty times. So offensively, there's a lot of things that you can like. The problem is they turned the ball over twelve times, so you couldn't actually make a dent. Uh, in the lead because you're too busy, you know, pissing away possessions with poor decision making and things like that. So it's like, well, if you if you would have stopped giving the ball to the other team, you would have scored more. Is is kind of the, uh, you know, the the relationship to to what Ryan said about shooting. But um, you know, I think that's in, in some ways it's weird. That's really an end of the floor that we thought IU would struggle more on, and it, it certainly sounds like they did in the first half with shot selection and, and certainly taking care of the ball was uh, was a problem. But I do think. Thing, good looks when they would actually run sets and 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 not try to do something spectacular offensively now you got to trim the turnovers out and some of those kinds of things and and it's a little bit easier to play that way when you're getting smoked kind of the, the same point that you made about curtis jones it's easier to play with confidence when you know that you're not really in a tight situation and so maybe there was a little bit of that but i think there were some positives on that end of the floor but yeah hard to hard to come up with much other than that i, I think uh, a lot more things to be concerned about, and, and and I don't know that we've talked a ton about this, and and maybe we can you want to push this to, uh, you know, to the end. But I, I you know, again, we we touched on it early, but the you know senior guards, 
uh, is something that you usually feel like is going to be something that really is your rock in the course of a season and in the course of a game. And so many teams, when they make tournament runs and things like that, you point to this has a really, a really strong veteran backcourt. And IU got pretty much nothing out of their veteran backcourt tonight. And even Devontae Green thrown in. I think Crimson Cast posted some efficiency numbers, which are probably too explicit to state on here just how bad they were. Um, but suffice it to say, there was, uh, you know, not a lot of good things came out of the starting three guard lineup. And I think for Robert Johnson, Josh Newkirk, uh, and I think Robert in particular, and we wanted to see how he would react. And this is a one game sample size. I'm not going to overreact and say that he can't handle uh, what he's going to be asked to do this year, but this was not a good start um, for him from a leadership perspective, from a poise perspective, from a, uh, you know, just the, the standpoint of, of really being able to, to rally the team around him and be the leader uh, that they need him to be. Well, I mean, at what point can we start becoming a little bit concerned just about his shooting? Like, you know, I noticed from the yeah, scrimmage I'm, I'm that pretty, his, I'm, I'm that, pretty much there at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and the reason I say that is like I noticed in the scrimmage, like his shot looks different. You know, like it looks like he's removing his guide hand earlier. Like it just it, it looks strange to me. And Brian, we I don't we haven't really had a chance to talk with you about it. And you're obviously the shot doctor. But, you know, that and obviously we know he's much better in catch and shoot opportunities. And he's not getting as many of those like he's not getting as many of those you know just wide open catch and shoot opportunities which we kind of figured just because of the personnel and how the offense is running but I mean that needed to be a strength of this team Robert Johnson making three-pointers and even when other things aren't going right for him when he turns the ball over at least a lot of times he can still make threes but you know that obviously isn't working and those are some little things now that we've started to see build up that I'm with you Andy I don't want to overreact about some of those things but at some point it'll be worth reacting about you know and at some point Indiana is going to be playing Seton Hall and some of these better teams and those kind of things need to be there like I, I was happy to see Juwan Morgan get back to doing Juwan Morgan things you know they isolated him at the top of the key a couple times and he had a nice drive you know they got the ball to him into the post and he was able to show off why he is one of the most efficient scores in the half court in isolation situations you know it's when he's not worried about taking threes that you know he can be better so I thought some of those things were positives but you know things like Robert Johnson making threes I mean this team isn't going to be good enough to compensate for not having that and so I don't want to overreact to it but at some point that's got to change Ryan you look like you wanted to jump in and yeah, I appreciate I, you look, being patient I'm, and waiting I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need to see more time, more of his shot to to really break it down. I think um, it does look a little rushed right now, and I'm not sure if that's him. Um, you know, if I'm not sure if that's him trying to 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 rush things because he feels like there's not enough going on in the half court or what. Uh, but everybody was rushing tonight, so really it didn't stand out to me. But I will keep an eye on it for next for the next game and see what happens. I, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he was just hurrying things and wasn't being accountable, you know, accountable uh, and, and getting his shot, right. Yeah. Just given the way that they played. I mean, honestly. Yeah. All right. Well, coming up in our final segment of this edition of the assembly call, we go to our new segment, which is handing out our game balls. I must kind of feel like canceling that here after tonight. Uh, but late mine and put it on my mantle. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, look ahead. I'm going to go back over mine with my car. <laughs> All right. Maybe game balls will be better than I thought. Who knows? It'll be a time for great comedy. Uh, we'll also look ahead to Indiana's next opponent and then deliver our final thoughts on Indiana's loss tonight to Indiana State. That is next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I am Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we are trying to wrap our minds around tonight's 90-69 to 69 loss to Indiana State. I just got this direct message on Twitter, which kind of sums up the night uh, from a friend of mine. It says, I had an event tonight, taped the game, accidentally saw the score, and I'm dot, 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 holy F. I won't say the word since we are on the radio, but that, that kind of sums up uh, what tonight was like. So, gentlemen, let's uh, let's hand out some game balls. Uh, Ryan, why don't you uh, do the honors? Lead us off. Oh, I get to go first. Yeah, you get to go first. This game, awesome. This slim, oh man, slim pickings for this one. So, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. am I gonna go with this one? Oh, there's so many choices. Uh, can you I can do? Get, you can get creative too. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be a you know a player. You know, I mean, I don't know. Have some fun Archie with it. Explore Miller the studio space. Okay, there the you go. 
There you go. Archie Miller's press conference gets a game ball. He took uh, accountability uh, while also putting his team on notice a bit. And uh, I'm going to look forward to watch the video. Obviously, we didn't see it because we're on air, but I've seen all the quotes. Uh, and yeah, he, his press conference gets gets mine because it's it's certainly it's a guy who's owning it and a guy who's saying, "Yep, this was bad, and it's our fault, and we need to be better." Uh, while also complimenting the other team on their excellent performance. So, uh, yeah, that that's for me. That's where I'm going with it. Okay. Uh, Andy, are you going to give your game ball to your daughter? Uh, she I, seems that, worthy. Yeah, she does. She does seem worthy. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I, that probably would be, would be better. I'll, I'll give mine to Al Durham. I, I really did think he provided a spark and, and uh, a sign that I think he's going to be a bigger factor than, than a lot of us. Certainly, I thought – uh, heading in, even with some of Archie's comments, and you know, the more he's talked about him, kind of when you you talked about with Colin Hartman, uh, I think the more uh, he he talked about Al, you just see him can bring, and he kind of fits his mold. So, uh, you know, Colin Hartman's stock really going up, though. I mean, he's going to be worth to, you know, does this get him drafted at this point? Where it's like, look how much he means to this team. You just have him in uniform. Team and he no, I'm just kidding. So his his draft stock certainly took a, a spike, but no, I'll give mine to Al. I thought he played, I thought he played well despite the circumstances, and uh, and like I said, I think he'll probably get a start on Sunday. Well, according to Ryan from a few episodes ago, pretty much the whole team is going to make the NBA someday. So no, and you know what? I was also including the D League in that. So it's actually the G League now. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Do I have to put like money in a jar somewhere for calling it the D League instead of the G League? No, no, you definitely don't. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm going to give my game ball to Freddie McSwain, uh, tonight. And you know, the reason why, and I kind of mentioned this earlier is, you know, you know what you're going to get from Freddie McSwain and he, he certainly didn't play a perfect game by any means. I mean, no one did, uh, but he did have five points. He did his typical work, you know, got three offensive rebounds, had eight boards overall on a block. Uh, you know, and I noted a couple times in the second half, you know, that he was just out there kind of flying around, you know, and, and being energetic at a time when, a lot of the other guys had slumped shoulders and just didn't look like they were really, you know, certainly didn't look like they had confident energy out there. And there's obviously a difference, you know, between playing hard and playing hard with confidence and a conviction in what you're doing. And, you know, Freddie it certainly seems like he does that when, when, you know, when he's out there playing. And, you know, Andy, we've talked a lot on this show, you know, certainly in the bad years that Indiana has had recently about, you know, Tom Crane really struggling with, you know, with a lot of his roster kind of knowing what you would get on a night-to-night basis and just kind of there being that inconsistency. And, look, it doesn't look like that's all going to be fixed this year. I think we have a lot of guys who have been inconsistent in their careers and probably will be inconsistent. And you can't rely on Freddie. Like, I, you know, Archie uses that term responsibility for production. I don't think you can rely on Freddie for more than kind of the, the, the rebounding production that he's going to give you and the putback points. But you can rely on him to do that and to fill his role. Um, and so I thought that was, that was at least a bright spot for me tonight uh, in a night when there weren't a lot of bright spots. Uh, I think we, we probably, we probably picked them all over uh, with that, uh, with that segment. So hopefully in, in games coming up, the, uh, the game ball selections will be a lot more difficult. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's look ahead real quick, Andy to Howard. And obviously I have written on my notes here. That this can be a very quick preview because they are not a good team. Um, but how not good are they and what should we be expecting? Well, I mean, they're coming from a, a conference that is tr in the MEAC that is traditionally one of the lowest rated leagues, uh, in the RPI or really anywhere. And this is, I think by a pretty wide margin, when you look at any of the, you know, preseason, you know, one to three fifty one rankings, this is by a wide margin, the worst team on IU's non-conference schedule. So, uh, in some ways, perhaps that comes at a good time. Uh, by the way, we all asked for this. We could have been playing Mississippi Valley State tonight, but no, we had to have a tougher schedule and schedule in-state opponents. And this is this is the the reward for that. Yeah, who asked? Which I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm glad we scheduled this game, even if it had this result. This was a good thing. So Howard is Howard projected to finish like you know in the bottom half of a really bad league. So should be should be an easy win. Hopefully, get some guys some confidence and. Uh, and go from there. At the same time, you don't want people to get too confident where you can get away with stuff against a team like that. So it's almost, in some ways, you almost wonder if would this have been better if these two games were flip-flopped and you got a chance to kind of 
knock a little bit of the rust off, get some of the first game jitters out, and then play Indiana State on Sunday. But we'll never know whether that was true or not. So, uh, Howard, imminently winnable game. I will be despondent if if IU does not win on Sunday. We'll all just sit here and stare at each other. Yeah. Um, I will say this too, just kind of an interesting note to keep in mind about that game. This is going to be the first of six instances this year where Indiana only has one day off in between games. And so, you know, for a guy who is as detail oriented and prepared and organized as Archie is, I'm sure he's going to have some kind of plan for how they want to go about, you know, transitioning from one game to the next and kind of preparing for that second game in three days. And so this does give him an opportunity to kind of put you know, that plan in place. Now, the the ones coming up, and especially the final three in Big Ten season, they're all road games, you know, on the second leg of those uh, two games in three days. But this is, you know, a good opportunity for Indiana to, to kind of figure out how they're going to deal with those situations. So I suppose in that respect, it's nice that the first opportunity to do that is against a team that you should beat. Uh, but that is uh, just something else to keep in mind. By the way, one other thing I wanted to make mention of that I have in my notes is... How did, did anybody else's heart kind of stop when Jawan Morgan went up for that dunk yes, and came crashing bit. down? Holy smokes. It, all I'm going to say is it was awesome to see him get up. I know right after that, there was a free throw and he was kind of, you know, getting ready to for the rebound and, you know, kind of looked like he was maybe holding his leg a little gingerly, but he kept playing. Everything appears fine. So. My goodness, seeing him get up from that was a uh, was a good sign. I uh, I tweeted about that, and someone retweeted me and said that was a bright spot. And I was like, man, it was a dark night. It was a very dark night. Seeing Juwan Morgan get up from a rough spill, and that's always a bright spot because we know his uh, his injury history. All right, uh, let me uh, let me talk real quick about who's your proud, and then we'll get to our final call. Um, because since you're an assembly call listener. Uh, you always get a discount to HoosierProud.com. But as I mentioned earlier, don't use your assembly call discount right now, which is typically the promo code assembly. If you use the promo code TIPOFF17 before Sunday, you will actually get 25% off. They're celebrating uh, their new licensing agreements with Indiana and Indiana State and Butler and Purdue and the other in-state schools. And so if you go to HoosierProud.com, you can see all their new designs. Their IU designs, of course, are going to be the uh, the ones that you'll be the most interested in, as well as uh, our assembly call t-shirts. But go there if you've been thinking about checking out HoosierProud.com. Now's the best time to do it because you'll get 25% off. Tip off 17 is the code to use. All right, you're listening to the assembly call. We are wrapping up here, trying to make sense of Indiana's 90 to 69 loss to Indiana State. Hopefully, we've done it somewhat. But it's uh, this has been a, it's been an interesting post game show to do because, like I said before, I just don't know that I've uh, very rarely have I been this surprised by a result. We mentioned before that Indiana State was going to come in and give Indiana a tough game. This would probably be you know closer, too close for comfort for IU fans, and just be patient. I just don't think any any of us were expecting to have to have this much patience this early and to, to be dealing with a 21-point loss. But here we are, and uh, this is what happened, and uh, we'll be your guides for the rest of the season as Archie uh, you know, improves on this, and hopefully the team continues to get better as we all expect them to do. But let's go to last call, guys, get our final thoughts before we ride off into the night. Uh, and Ryan, you go first because obviously you need to eat. I do. I'm starving. If you wonder why I've been so ornery, that's why it always happens. Uh, look, I, um, I, this is going to get better. Uh, you know, this is the start of something new and, uh, Archie Miller is not going to let this team fail this way. Um, they could lose to better teams. That's acceptable. It happens. Uh, but they're not going to just, fall down flat and not get up and not fight. And, and that was what we saw tonight. And, and I don't think we'll see it again. Um, and if we do see it again, he's going to do something about it. And, and so I, I have confidence in Archie Miller. This was one game. Uh, I'm sure there will be a ton of overreaction in the IU fan base because, Hey, there's always a ton of overreaction in the IU fan base. Love you guys, but let's face it. People go nuts. Um, but at the same time, I think that I think that you should have confidence in the coaching staff to get something done. These guys are experienced. These guys know what they're doing, uh, particularly Archie. And I think that whether it is an awful season or not, uh, Archie's going to get this thing right. And I have uh, nothing but confidence in him. I like it. Andy, last call. You know, I think at this point, 
what I am looking forward to the most is to see, I feel like, I feel like I said this a ton last year, so maybe we really are doing last year's show, but just kind of see how this team responds. I think more specifically than how the team responds, uh, to see how Archie responds, whether that's from a lineup perspective, whether that's from a, uh, a schematic standpoint, um, just see how he handles this based on some of his comments after the game, uh, the discussion around practice and, and really rewarding guys. And I think Ryan's points at the beginning were, were really true. I mean, I don't think we're at the point yet where it says, hey, it's immediate, like build for the future time. Um, but there is a certain part of me that says at some point he has very little to get if, if things start to get away from them and things aren't going well, there's very little to be gained from him by playing the guys who have been here. And there is a lot to be gained and figured out by playing those who have not who who will be on this roster for a little while. So I think it's too early to assume that. Um, that's going to happen. But I do think you'll see changes for Sunday and how changes stay in place and, and how quickly things, you know, transition to, to certain guys on the roster, getting more minutes than others, I think will remain to be seen and how they respond. Um, but if the guys who have been here continue to play like they have in the years that they've been here, uh, I think it's inevitable that you'll see that. So uh, as much as I hate to give Ryan credit, I thought that was a really good way to put it uh, early on. And, and so now the, you know, just in case the show couldn't be worse, I've pumped up Ryan by agreeing with him. So thank everything's, you. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Everything's off the rails and totally Thanks. gone to hell. So here we are. Wrap <laughs> us up, Jared. <laughs> everything's off the rails and we've totally gone to hell. That's a pretty good description of this evening. Uh, no, Andy, you're right. I think Ryan's right, too, with what he said. Um, you know, look, I, I think right now I'm I am comforted by the fact that I feel I feel confident that this will get turned around. Like, I, I don't think that you know, in January and in February, we're going to keep seeing the same issues that we saw tonight. And obviously that that was a big problem last year. We just kept seeing the same problems over and over again. Now, you know, that's, you know, kind of just having blind faith in our new coach, but it is also based on his track record and his track record of teams improving as the season goes along. And look, I've been bullish on this team and, and how good I think this team can be by February and March. And I still believe that. But, you know, certainly it is concerning to have a result like this. I did not expect to walk out of the first game and feel that we're this far away. You know, like it that that is kind of I think the the result of tonight is it it feels like maybe we're further away from, you know, being that that team that is really competing with 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 the best teams in the Big 10 uh, you know, here after the first game. And so, you know, I, I hope that what we see against Howard is a team with a renewed focus on the things that it really seemed like were, were the focuses, especially in that first exhibition game, the turnovers, the defense, getting back to the basics, having confidence in in what we're doing, you know, having confidence in something to build on it because this did not seem like a confident team tonight. And it looked like a team, as Archie said, that is soft. And when a few shots you know, went Indiana State's way and didn't go our way, we reverted into some bad habits. And you know, I think we, we do need to prepare ourselves that all those bad habits aren't going to correct themselves overnight. But I still maintain long-term confidence uh even just for this season that a lot of those issues will uh will improve uh, and that we won't see a performance quite this bad again and that's really probably about the most positive thing that you can say after a night like tonight is you know i don't think that we'll see a performance quite this bad again so look we'll uh we'll be here sunday hopefully indiana has a much better performance against howard and build something because that game at seton hall on the road against a top 25 team you know whether they're as good as everybody thinks or not you know we'll obviously find out uh, but that's going to be a tough environment and indiana needs to find something on sunday to build on to go into that game and give themselves a a fighting chance because if they go up there against seton hall and play like they did tonight you know obviously it's uh, it's not going to be close so hopefully they find something in that howard game to build on and, uh, and that is a uh, much more enjoyable show than this one was. But we thank you for joining us here on the Assembly Call. That'll do it for this edition. Remember that our live broadcasts immediately following every IU game are always available on our homepage at assemblycall.com and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And you can always catch up on demand anytime with our podcast. Just search for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com slash join to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you again Sunday evening for the IU Howard postgame show. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. 
And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com slash support that lists five ways that you can support the assembly call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating. And so many of you have donated and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, Another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show, we appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.